Numbers chapter 14. We're talking signs of the times. Intercession, everybody say intercession. I urge you to come to prayer for the sake of your life. You say, for the sake of my life, I believe that if the church will pray, we can stop from coming upon this earth, which may be coming upon this earth very quickly. You know, there's a lot of people on the internet that are having dreams and visions. Uh, listen to a guy today that was talking about how many people are having rapture dreams, where they're having these dreams where they're, where they're raptured and things like that. Well, that's just, that's a sign of the times, amen. All that's going on politically, all that's going on with these viruses, all that's going on economically, I tell you, it's, it's, uh, and it's happened very quickly, and the momentum of it has not slowed. It's, it's, it's kind of just, what it'll do, it is, it'll go from one level to the next, and what'll happen is, see, it'll go to one level, and that'll be all surprising, it'll be, you know, kind of scary, and then, you know, after watching it, you know, two or three, four days on the news, you're, all, you're, you're, you're jaded to it, you're callous to it. And then they got the next one after that, and then, the, you know, the next one after that, and the next one after that, and they're, and they're just continually building up. And I still believe that there, uh, an event will happen that will get the attention of the whole world, but it will, it will, really, it will really cause people to weigh in the balance their, their life. You know, what, what, am I, what am I doing? You know, am I just existing on this earth till death, death runs its course? Or is there really a God? Is there really a, is there really a Savior? Is His name really Jesus? And thank God we're ready for that. Amen. We're praying for that. We're interceding. We look there in, in Numbers 14. Now, this is amazing because God, the Bible says he responded to the cries of his children when they were in bondage in Egypt. You know, they cried out in their, in their, in their bondage and God, and God responded to their cry and God had a plan. God had a plan to deliver them, not only just to deliver them, but to judge the nation that enslaved them. Now think about that. There was a judgment that came on the nation that enslaved them. Then there was a deliverance of the nation of Israel. And God delivered them with, the, with all the wealth of Egypt. With all their gold and silver and jewels, everything they had that was valuable, off they went to, to, to serve their God. And then God gave them a promise that He was going to give them a, a, a land uh, that flowed with milk and honey. You know, I, I like to see it like this. God said this. He said, I'm going to give you a place where you can you could be involved in seed time and harvest. Amen? Amen. I'm going to give you, give you a, a place where you can go put seed in the ground. You can raise cattle. You can raise sheep. You can do whatever you want to, but you can be involved in how I've created this earth. You can be involved in seed time and harvest. Now, they, they went through all of the, the, the you know, they, went, they came out. They came out supernaturally. The, the ten demon gods of Egypt were judged. They came out with the wealth of Egypt. Uh, they, they enjoyed their time there in the, uh, uh, you know, right as the, after they crossed over the uh, uh, Red Sea, they celebrated. They went to Mount Sinai. Uh, Moses received the law, uh, you know, and every, it seemed like every time you turned around, they were complaining, they were, they were mad, they were bitter. And then when it came time, when God said, now's the time, now's the time to, to go in and possess the land, and Moses sent 12 spies, and they came back, 10 of them came back with what the Bible says was an evil report. And the evil report infected the entire nation. And God spoke and said, listen, I'll wipe them all out. I'm just going to kill them all. Amen. 
You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta respond to God as the Bible reveals Him, not Hollywood. Amen. I'm telling you, God has some emotions. If you read the Bible, there's some emotions He goes through with these with these covenant people that He has out in the out in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, He'd had it up to here. I mean, they'd been at the the bitter waters of Mara. They'd been, a, you know, they'd gotten into sin when Moses was up on the mount. They they had complained about not having meat. They complained about the mountain. I mean, they were just they were just. You know, they were just a bunch of nagging slaves is what they were. The problem was is they could not get rid of their slave mentality and they stayed in the wilderness because of it. Anytime you keep slave mentality, it's going to cause you to stay in a wilderness. Now, a lot of people think, well, I don't have slave mentality. But listen, if you're a slave to, to habits or you're a slave to a, a religious mindset, you can be uh, a slave to some ridiculous political idea. There are all kinds of things that can enslave you. And it always puts you in a wilderness. Now, when they made that final rejection, you know, we're not going to go. We're not going to do it. You know, God had, you know, two evangelists in Joshua and Caleb. The Bible said they stilled the people and said, come on, man, we're well able to go up and possess the land. They still said no. They still said no. And God said, I'm going to kill them all. And then Moses, now let me just say this. God had the right to do that. You know what gave him the right to do it? He's God, exactly right. He's God and do anything he wants to. He had the right to do that. And not only that, look at the offer he was making Moses. He's told him, hey Moses, I'm going to wipe all these knuckleheads out. And I'm going to use you, I'll raise up a nation out of you. I mean, he was actually talking to Moses like Moses was Abraham. But thank God for the heart of a servant in Moses. I believe that 40 years of tending sheep put a heart of a servant on the inside of him and his own self-disappointment of trying to start his ministry when he was 40 years old and ended up committing murder. I guarantee you that humbled him and he saw the power of mercy. Listen, what this earth needs and what our nation needs right now is mercy. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, there's enough going on in this nation over the past... 40 or 50 years that I absolutely agree this nation needs to be judged. The judgment of God's going to come on it too. We're not going to be here when it happens because he doesn't judge his body twice. He's already judged it once upon the cross. But I'm telling you, there's a lot that's gone on. But in the meantime, the church needs to cry out for the mercy of God, just like Moses did. Now let me read this. Let me read this prayer. I, I think this is real. He's talking. He's talking to God. Moses said to the Lord, this is in verse... Uh, 13 of chapter 14 of the book of Numbers. This is his intercession. Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it. For thou brought us up, for thou brought us up this people in thy might from among them. Now, here's number one why our intercession needs to happen, why it needs to work. Number one is because who we are. We're the one that says God loves everybody. We're the one that says God can, can save you. We're the one that says God can change your life. We're the one that said God can, uh, can, can, uh, can, uh, can have a plan for your life. We're the one that talks about God being a what? A good God. That's one reason I don't want judgment to come on the nation is because we still got a message that God is a good God. Amen? And so he's right here, he's saying, not, not, now, 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 God, you, you know, Mo, uh, Egypt, they witnessed your power, they witnessed your glory, and they saw you bring, they literally witnessed 
you bringing this people out from among them. It says, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among the people. That's, that's another reason we need to intercede. Because when we pray and intercede, God's among us. Did you know that? I'm going to tell you something. It's as good and as wild as some of the meetings we've had over the years. God's never been more among us as he is among us when we're interceding. Do you realize that? That's the, that's the importance of intercession is God is among us. It says, uh, they have heard that thou art among this people, that thou art, uh, and that, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by day, by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire by night. Now, not what he's saying here is, is, is that the testimony of who you are is the testimony of you leading them. Amen. Listen, that needs to be the testament, still needs to be the testimony of the church. Listen, when things go right in the election, and either, either there's a transfer of power or either the same power stays in, whatever is the will of God, listen, and the, and the country doesn't go into anarchy, and it doesn't keep getting locked down, and our prayers get answered, and we come back to some type of normalcy where we can take our, take our liberty to evangelize our area and do our part to reach the world. Isn't that what we're praying toward? Listen, I don't want this place to burn down. I don't want this city to burn down. I don't want this state of this nation to burn. I don't want to see that. Amen. I don't want to see military in the streets. I, don't want to see, I know that everybody's having these dreams and all this kind of stuff, but I don't want to see that, and I'm praying not to see it. Right. I'm saying, God, stay your hand. Give us mercy. Give us, give us a little time. And those of us that will intercede and pray and really contend for a move of God, we'll experience it and we'll see it happen. There has to be an expectancy. Intercession produces expectancy. A lot of people just don't expect anymore. I'm telling you, this has been one of the number one things to kill the expectancy that faith produces more than any other events. There is a lot of Christians today that have just said, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm trusting God. I'm saved. I'm trusting God, you know, I'm not going to go back to drugs. But, I, you know, as far as really being involved in what God's doing, I don't see him really doing anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to back off. And I guarantee you that type of attitude may cost you everything. You say, why? Listen, when there's no fire burning, you've got to kindle one. Let me try that again. When there's no fire burning, you've got to kindle one. I know what it's like. I've gone into churches to preach revivals that were dead as 5 o'clock in Hitchcock on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> if you're from Hitchcock, that's not a put down. Amen. 5 o'clock in Freddy'sville. How about that? A little better. And I'd go in there and I'd, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd start on Sunday morning and after, after, after teaching on Sunday morning, I'd go back to the hotel room and feel like somebody beat me with a rope. I'd be so stiff and sore, and I, know, I knew what was up. And I'd get on my knees. I'd start praying. I'd tell the pastor, I'll eat dinner with you again on Wednesday. I'm going to fast and pray. And I would fast, and I'd pray, and I'd intercede. I couldn't even get the pastor to pray. But it was my meeting. I said it was my meeting. So I prayed. I intercede. And by Wednesday night, we were having Holy Ghost meetings. You say, why? Because we contended for it. Well, it's a little different now. 
and the stakes are a whole lot higher than just reviving a little church somewhere. Amen? You say, what's at stake? It may be our own safety. How about the safety of your family, your children, your grandchildren? Well, I like what David says when Goliath was threatening to enslave them all. He says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to pray, to intercede? Is there not a cause to serve God with everything that you have? Why would you want to miss the greatest opportunity in history to serve God and wash up on some shoreline of doubt and unbelief, apathy and complacency, and miss everything totally what God's doing? Secondly, or thirdly, what are we on, third one? I don't keep points very well. I said this to someone the other day. They texted me. I didn't even know they had my number. They texted me. They don't go to, they don't go to this church. They don't attend any church. But I led, led them to the Lord about 25 years ago. Urged them and urged them. You need to get in a church. You need to get in a church. You need to get in a church. So they texted me and said, you know, I just want to thank you for what you taught me about faith, taught me about Redemption taught me about all these things, you know. And so I texted them back and I said, well, I trust, you know, that you're somewhere in a local church uh, uh, supporting your pastor, tithing and offering, uh, praying with them, doing everything you need. And they text back, well, no, no. Then I said this, then you need to go find you a local church. You need to find you a pastor. You need to get involved. You need to get in there with them and pray. Find you a praying church that believes in salvation, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I said, I'm telling you this. This is the reason I'm telling you this. I do not want your blood on my hands. You say, you really think it's that serious? It's that serious. I'm telling you the same thing. Man, I said it when all this started. A lot of this teaching and preaching now has gone from just trying to help you get your needs met to warnings, warnings, warnings. Here you are. It's the end of the age. Wake up. Yes, amen, amen. Amen. I'm in this sanctuary every night praying. Every night. By myself. You say, why? It's that serious to me. And really, you say, well, Pastor... You know, we really don't see a lot of fruit coming from that. Listen, it's not about the church. It's not about what's going on. It's about me. It's about me being in the place where God wants me to be, doing what God wants me to do, find the direction that I need for my life in this church. Is that serious? You say, is it that serious? Is that serious? So that's what he's praying. Now notice this. He says, now if thou shalt kill all this people, as one man, then the nations will have heard the fame of thee and will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able. Now listen, this one point right here ought to give you hope. Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. Let me tell you something. God is not going to let his church... Jesus is not going to let the bride of Christ just fizzle out and wind down to some little old nothing that when the rapture takes place, nobody even knows. I'm telling you, there's a move of God right on us right now. That's why I'm saying this is a summer of prayer. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to intercede. We need to be on our knees. You say, why? Because it's going to be an initiation of that which we're contending for that's going to revive this church, raise it up, put us in that awakening, and bring us into the harvest. You say, why? It's not a good testimony to leave on this earth. Yeah, there was some little old church land over there on the 
By where the oh, you know where the old Garlands was? Yeah, old Garlands over there. Yeah, yeah, they were there for a few years. I don't know whatever happened to them. They they disappeared one day. You know, a couple of a couple of hundred of them just disappeared. We don't know why. You know, they really make, didn't make much much difference anyway. Well, that's not going to be my testimony. I said that's not going to be my testimony. And God doesn't want it to be, because the Lord was not able. God is able. He can do it. We just got to believe Him to do it. Amen. He's not able to bring these people into the land which He swear unto them. Therefore, He is slain. He just killed them all. Just raptured them all. Just got them out of here. No. Now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great. According as thou hast spoken, say, man, I get in here, I'll start praying in the Holy Ghost and I'll start hearing myself pray in English and I'll start saying things like, you did it for the other generation. You did it for Brother Hagen. You did it for Brother Osteen. You did it for Oral Roberts. You did it for T.L. Osborne. I'll just start naming them. And then I start saying, where is the God of John Osteen? Where is the God of Kenneth Hagin? Where is the God of Oral Roberts? Where is, I mean, I mean, I'm putting my challenge out there. Amen? I've been around these men. I've seen the greatness of their ministries. And it's time. I'm not looking for a ministry like that. I'm looking for a move like that that just takes and encapsulates a whole city and brings the fire and the glory of God into a city. The Lord, verse 18, the Lord is long-suffering, I like this, and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. Amen. And the Lord said, I pardon according to your word. Whoa! Israel had no idea that their lives were hanging in the balance. They had no idea that that old man with the beard that come off that mountain with his face shining like a lamp was in there in that tent on his knees saving their life. They had no idea. They had no idea. And there he was. And because of that intercession, what did God say? God said, just like you prayed it, buddy. Just like you prayed it. I have pardoned them. See, that's what intercession does. It moves the hand of God. And thank God for the, for the little winds we've had blowing. But honey, we need a hurricane in the spirit to rise up and begin to shake. God gave me that word about... Oh, it was right after Ike. He said, talked about how the island had been shaken. Somebody, it was either in the paper or somebody said something about it. Yeah, this thing is really shaking up this island. And it just went off in my spirit. And the Lord talked to me. He said, you know, this island's been shaken by storms. It's been shaken by corruption. It's been shaken by all kinds of immorality. It's been shaken. It's been shaken. It's been shaken. You can name all kinds of things. But he said, I will reserve the greatest shaking for the last end of it. I'm going to shake this island. Go to, uh, go to Romans. Now go to 2 Thessalonians first. This is, I want to read this in the, I want to read this in the uh, Passion Bible. Yeah, go over to 2 Thessalonians. Then we'll go to Romans. I'll try and cut this off on time tonight. I'll try. 
<laughs> Amen. Chapter 2. Now, can I just read this for a moment? Because it's a little, it, it helps you. I know when I read King James a lot, it just kind of runs on and on. But this is a little, a little better. Of course, we know the verse, first, uh, uh, verse 1 now regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And the gathering together of Him. So there are two things that, that, that's being talked about here by the Apostle Paul. The, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto Him. So he's talking about the second coming of Christ and the rapture of the church. That's what he's talking about. The word rapture is not in the Bible, but it's referred to or inferred. Always remember there's thousands and thousands of signs that have to do with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's no signs talked about giving that has to do with the rapture of the church. So we know we're getting close by the signs that relate to the second coming. Amen. That's how we know we're getting close. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe Morris's new uh, 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 weekly update on things going on in Israel. Amazing. Amazing what's going on in Israel. Amazing the, the preemptive strikes that Israel's doing. Amazing how everyone in the Middle East is on a war footing. See, they're not even reporting this in the news here. Everybody's on a war footing. Everybody's arming themselves. Literally, the Ezekiel 38 battle is literally being pulled together right now. Being pulled together right now. Fixing to happen. At any, any morning we can awake and hear this in the news. Damascus is no more. That, that's gonna, if that happens, buddy, this church ought to be packed every night. At least with you. You say, what do you mean by that? If that happens, if Damascus is removed from the earth, which the Bible says it will, the next event that will happen will be the rapture of the church. That's how close we are. That could happen. Any, we could wake up any morning and see that happen. Now notice this. Let me go down to verse 2, verse 3. Uh, looks like verse 3. I, I put a mark on it. I think it's verse 3. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. Before that day comes, the rebellion must occur and the outlaw destructive son will be revealed in his true light. He is the opposing counterpart who exalts himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. Now, can't, can't you see that spirit right now just, just rising up? Just a godless spirit. Just a god. I listened to something today that was very interesting. A guy did an investigation on how in the world some nine states have totally legalized marijuana and how 27 other states have made it where you can, you know, all you got to do is go to the doctor and say, I got a headache, and they'll give you all you want. But not only that, what's so insidious about that is one man financed that in every state. One man gave all the money to do that. But before he did that, he spent 10 years with scientists working with marijuana to make it 100 times stronger than anything that ever came out of Mexico, anything that ever came out of Colombia, anything that came out of Hawaii, or any place else. They made it 100 times stronger. And what they're not telling you today, that across Colorado and Washington State, there's massive schizophrenia. The, the, the insane asylums are full of people who have blown their minds on this stuff, and nobody's done anything about it. And they're trying to legalize it in the nation completely. What are they trying to do? They're trying, listen, they're trying to stupefy everybody. That's what they're trying to do. 
And if they open one tomorrow morning, the line will be down the street trying to get in there. You say, why? Because people don't have anything else. They don't have anything else. They need something to relieve the pressure of this day and hour. Amen. You say, what is that? That's the lawless one. That's the one that exalts himself over everything that is called God or is worship. Now, this is, this is during the second, uh, this is during the, uh, the, uh, the tribulation time, who also sits enthroned in God's temple and makes himself out to be God. Uh, don't you remember that when I was with you, I went over all these things. Now you're aware of the ruling power so that he may be fully revealed when his times comes. For the mystery of lawlessness is already active, but, everybody say but. But the one who prevails, who is that? That's us. We are the one who prevails. We'll do so until he is separated from out of the midst. Then the outlaw will be openly revealed and the Lord will overthrow him by the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the dazzling, manifest by the dazzling manifestation of his presence. The presence of the outlaw is apparent by the activity of Satan who uses all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, spurious wonders, and every form of evil deception. Now, if you've never seen evil deception, go home, turn on your television. There is some evil deception going on right now. And just a, with the coronavirus, with the political things that are going on, with all this, there is some evil deception going on now. But we're the ones that are supposed to do what? We hold it back. It cannot fall. Now, listen to me, church. If we will pray, if we will intercede, it will not fulfill its intended purpose. Amen. The Lord showed me something. I thought this was really good. In, in 2017, in May of 2017, the Lord spoke to me in prayer and said, there's a storm coming. Well, I started praying and interceding because I want to know, is it a personal storm? Is it a physical storm? Is it a storm in the church? And so it took me about a week, about a week to 10 days, and the Lord said, it is a literal storm, a hurricane is coming. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, I desire to preserve the island, but it's going to take some prayer. I told it to the church. How many are here when I told the church? We begin to pray. We begin to intercede. We begin to speak against that thing. We begin to speak to the, to the, to the steering currents of the oceans. We begin to speak to the winds. Uh, we went to, a, to a, a, a conference in Tulsa, and on a Monday night, Pastor Sam Carr was teaching. At the end, there was an anointing. He was talking about storms. And the Lord said, have him pray and release the anointing now. When that storm hit, it hit down around Rockport, Port Aransas. Came up on the western side, north, up to the northwestern side of Houston. Back down into the cuff and back. It tried to come on the island four times. It devastated everything, everywhere it went, but here. Now, that's a testimony to intercession. And I'm going to tell you something by the Holy Ghost. There is a storm coming. You say, what kind of storm will this one be? Every kind you can think of. Physical, financial, and just about every area of life where you can have peace, health, and blessing. A storm is coming. But the good news, Jesus said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. 
And those rivers that are talked about are the provision of God. For the unsaved, it's salvation. For the saved, it's power. For the sick, it is healing. For the oppressed, it is deliverance. For the poor, it is blessing and wealth. That's the only counteraction to the action of the evil one in this day and hour. I believe God's given us some time to pray and intercede. Now notice what it says. For the mystery of the, of the lawless is already active, but the one who prevails will do so. Now, if you don't exercise authority, it's not going to work. I mean, if, if you were a police officer and you were commissioned with the task of traffic control and they put you out on a street where everybody speeds and you never pulled off of anybody over, you would be failing at your job. Why did you pull that guy who was going 110 miles an hour? Well, I didn't want to. I had a friend pull somebody over one time and it took, you know, took their lunch away. You cannot come up with excuses. Excuses have to go. Every type of excuse that you come up with for apathy and complacency only pulls you further from that which God is doing. Then the outlaw will be openly revealed and the Lord will overthrow him by the breath of his mouth, bring him to an end by the dazzling manifestation of his presence. The presence of the outlaw is apparent. Now notice this. Here's how you know when it's working. It's apparent by the activity of Satan who uses all kinds of counterfeit miraculous signs, spurious wonders, and every form of evil deception in order to deceive those who are perishing. Because they rejected the love of the truth. Now listen, there is a group of people on the earth. Listen, they're in Galveston. They're up in Houston. They're all in this nation who have had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity and they have rejected the love of the truth. They do not want to serve God. They do not want to get saved. They don't want anything to do with God. They are lawless. They are reckless. And they're literally pawns of the devil to bring about that which he wants to do. You don't want to get in that crowd. I said, you don't want to get in that crowd. Because they're going to receive the reward of who they follow. Amen. Because they rejected the love of the truth that would lead them to being saved. Because of this, now listen, this is the Bible. This is New Testament. This is a letter to the church in Galveston. Listen to this. Because of this, God sends them a powerful delusion that leads them to believe what is false. So then all who found their pleasure in unrighteousness and did not believe in the truth will be judged. One of the things that we've always tried to rehearse to you and tell you the importance of what it means to sit in this church on a Wednesday night to come to a prayer meeting on a Sunday night, excuse me, on a Saturday night, to come four days in a row, twice a day to a conference, to sit in a woman's meeting, women of the word, or a men's meeting, men of the word, to fellowship together. Oh, why? Because of all of the important things going on on this island, this is the most important. Everything else ministers to a temporal condition. Walmart, Kroger, Randall's, they minister to the temporal condition of hunger. 
By giving you food, you eat it, you get hungry again. The temporal conditions of sickness and disease are ministered to many times by University of Texas Medical Branch. There are other places like the, like the, uh, the insurance agencies that minister to all types of needs. Like, but listen, here at the church, we minister to the eternal spirit of men and women who if we lose them, we lose them forever. Amen. The Bible says in Ezekiel not to warn them and not to tell them. Puts blood on our hands. I think we have this idea that once the rapture takes place and once you know, we're in heaven and with Jesus, everything's going to be, be cool, hunky-dory. But did you know that's not true? The Bible says that Jesus himself will have to wipe away our tears. There's going to be some things we're going to be sorry for because we didn't do it. We didn't see it. We didn't know it. Amen? Oh, my time's almost up. So, what did I say? Romans? Go to Romans real quick. Everybody say intercession. intercession. Sign of the times. Verse, let's see here. Verse 26, Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read it in the in the Passion Bible. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, and in a similar way the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For examples, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us. I love this. You ready for this? To super intercede. Y'all awake tonight? Is anyone awake? Listen to this. The Holy Ghost rises up in us to what? Super intercede. Oh, I like that. Super intercession. You say, you've been going to those prayer meetings? Yeah, I say, what kind are they? They're praying in some crazy language. What are they doing? They are super interceding. There's some super intercession. And I'm going to tell you, super intercession, going to get some super answers. And I like the word super because it's connected to Supernatural. Super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately Please, before God for us. Did you know there are two intercessors in heaven praying for you every day? There is the Holy Spirit and there is Jesus both in a ministry of intercession crying out for you. Why can't you cry out on the earth for others? Cry out for these nations. Cry out for your neighbors. Cry out for all of Listen, this thing is winding up so fast. If we don't get busy, it's going to be your loved ones, your neighbors, your friends, my loved ones, my neighbors, my friends that are going to look at us one day and say, why did you not tell us? Over and over and over till we finally got it. Holy Ghost to help us do that. Now listen, I'll close with this. The Holy Spirit passionately pleased before God for us. His holy ones, now listen, in perfect harmony with God's plan for our destiny. So, now listen, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives, 
is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives for we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designated purpose. Whoo! My goodness, my goodness. Well, Pastor, I don't feel that important. I just worked on it down here at the, you know, at the five and dime. I ain't no big deal or... No, you are. You are so important to God. He had you alive in 2020. He knew all this was going to happen. He knew they'll be alive down there. I'm going to get some crazy preacher going to keep teaching and preaching them. Tell them, pray, pray, pray. Believe God for revival, awakening, and harvest. Pray, pray, give, pray, pray, give. Do what God's calling you to do. Do what God's calling you to do. Do what God's calling you to do. Pray, intercede. Amen. If we'll do that, I guarantee you, God himself and the person of the Holy Ghost is going to plead on our behalf, just like Moses pled for the children of Israel. Jesus, the intercessor, is going to look down from heaven. And those memorials that are in heaven, which I believe we have several, because we've given, we've prayed, we've been devout, and we feared God with all of our house. There's decisions I've had to make here because I feared God. I could have gone another way, done it another way, done another, done something another way. I couldn't do it because I feared God. There are things I've had to make myself do because I'm devout in the things of God. There is what I call inconvenient giving. I've had to involve myself and the church in, knowing that God's going to bring it back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. We serve a supernatural God. If the devil could have hit or destroyed us in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2000, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And we have crossed a line in the spirit where that defensive battle of just keeping the devil from tearing everything down is over with and we're pressing into the glory of the end of this age that God has designed for us. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank God. Father, we worship you tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Father, that the entrance of your word bringeth light and life to us. Let us get caught up in that super intercession so necessary. Lord, you said you'd shake this island. You showed me that vision of that fuse being lit. And it's so close, so close to being up there causing that backlit explosion of glory and power that gives us that open heaven over this entire city. Father, through my own intercession and prayer, I know, I know you have called us to shake this city, to see revival, awakening and harvest. We thank you, Father. We are not excluded, but we're included. And the passion of your heart will be revealed in us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet, Father. We thank you tonight for the provision of safety and protection. Lord, we know there's several that are out going on vacation, others that are out right now on vacation. Lord, others that have had to quarantine or do other. Lord, I thank you. You're still Jehovah Rapha, the healer and health of our bodies. Father, we'll obey and we'll have wisdom to do the right thing. But I bind the spirit of fear that would keep people out of the house of God thinking that it's dangerous to come to church. Father, we thank you that you cocoon us in righteousness, 
that according to Psalms 91, no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you that we as your children, we walk on serpents, scorpions, over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you for protection and safety, both in our travels and in the righteous labor of our hands. The highways, airways, seaways, railways, all of the different occupations that men and women are involved in. Thank you, Father. No accidents, no trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We hold it back in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that door of utterance. Lord, we're praying and interceding. That open heaven, that door of utterance. Boldness to speak your word. Stretch your hand. Stretch it out to heal. Let signs and wonders be done to glorify your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. Thank you for our church. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you for we are the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. That here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. We'll see you.